Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, this is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920, here's your boy, Q. And here we are kicking off hour number two of the show, Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. Update real quick from the Little League World Series. Utah just hit a home run, and they're up 3-2 to two over Henderson, Nevada right now. It's in the bottom of the third, so there's still plenty of time. Oh, no, they're up 5-2. to two. Excuse me. That's not very good. That just – my mood went from, from okay, that's all right. There's plenty of time to come back to, oh, damn. <laughs> so right now, Utah is up 5-2 to two in the Little League World Series against Henderson, Nevada. I'll give you an update later on in the show. Right now, though, joining us on the phone lines is our new play-by-play guy here in, uh, in town with the silver and black, and that's Jason Horowitz. And, Jason, it's great to catch up with you again. It's great to see you today at the facility. Matter of fact, yesterday as well. Uh, how has it been so far getting uh, acclimated to Las Vegas? Am I still new? Is that still a thing? <laughs> I guess. I guess. I guess you're only new for like I don't know one more game, and then and then you're all in. <laughs> I'm grizzled. Then at that point, I'm grizzled. No, it's been great, dude. It's, I, I, I was just talking with my wife a little bit ago. We were having. She's asking how the. She actually said, "How's the night going?" And I said, "It's actually still afternoon here." <laughs> uh, and I said, "No, I'm starting to feel really comfortable around everybody, the facilities. Everyone's been awesome, um, and it's been it's been great to be around and." And, uh, and I was listening to you earlier. Thank you for taking our conversation to be your, uh, one of your center points of your show today. Absolutely. <laughs> but I gave you credit for it. I had to give you credit for it. I couldn't I stop. heard. <laughs> so, the, so far, the consensus is I was right. 2017 is the, is the last time the buzz was this high. And I still I don't even know if it's really as high as it is right now. And, and we just talked to Paul Gutierrez, and he said the buzz is high for this team but there's a lot of unknown as well. Are you are you kind of getting yeah. that sense as well? That I thought I thought that was a really interesting point that he made about the fact that um, you know 2016 the season was a known commodity. Most of the people were back. Coaching staff was back. To bring in Marshawn Lynch and I, I think Paul said that they were up to number two or three in the ESPN power rankings when yep. they were two and zero. Oh, and I know you were telling me about you know, everything and he mentioned with the Washington game and all that stuff. So um, I think that's interesting. The unknown part of it though. I guess my question on the unknown is it that you just don't know how new new people fit together? Is it the new coaching staff, the new regime? Like because you know Derek Carr is not an unknown, right? Hunter right. Renfro, Darren Waller, Devontae Adams. I guess Devontae's unknown to like he's not playing with Aaron Rodgers anymore. But like those guys aren't unknown. Uh, it's just that they're new uniforms and new coaching staff and all that stuff. I, I don't know, man. I. There's no reason to believe that last year can't turn over to this year. And I and I know there's a lot about, well, there are three or four overtime games and they can go the other direction. And I think DeMond said earlier, like, well, you know, eight and a half is the over-under for wins, and that can easily be nine or ten. And the cynic will be like, well, yeah, but that can easily be six or seven. Like, you know, so, so both of those things can be true. But if this team stays healthy, um, they're, they're, the expectations are fair, and I think they're all in on them, too. Right. I agree. With, I agree with that. I think the big unknown 
uh, that Paul was really referencing is how everything comes together because there's so much new, right? I mean, the, the coaching yeah. staff. And then, of course, you know, the offensive line, how are they going to gel as they're still trying to figure out who the, fi- the first their starting five is going to be, you know? So uh, I think that that's probably the biggest unknown. But uh, we will see, right? The, the, like you said, the hype is, is there. The buzz is there. And so, uh, you know, just now waiting for the season to get rolling. So as far as you and, and Big Lincoln, you were in the booth for the first time at the Hall of Fame game. How was that experience? Awesome. It was awesome. First of all, they, that um, Tom Benson Hall of Fame Stadium—they've redone it so well. It's such a—it's such a cool venue. And then obviously we had the lightning delay, right? And I actually think you that helped. Like honestly, but I was nervous. It's a, you know, Raider Nation. It's the debut. It's the Hall of Fame. The French going in means so much to Mark Davis. The whole thing. And. I think the lightning delay helped me settle in because we were in our open and then you see the players clear the field and, and all of a sudden I kind of went into studio mode, right, which is something I've done for a long time. And then we had Dave Ziegler and then we had Mark Davis. And then, oh, hey, by the way, let's kick off. You kind of, <laughs> like, forgot about all the other stuff that was getting settled in. So it was really great. Um, they played well. You know, it was very cool. I was just opened up and um, did made some great throws and, and they ran the ball so well and, you know, heck, the defense, and we can say whatever you want, the Jaguars backups and all that stuff, but Raiders defense held them seven straight possessions over the game without points. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, no, they, so they're, it was, they're, it was yeah. good. And Lincoln's got such a cool perspective on things. He's, you know, he's very focused. He sees things very well. You can tell just from one game working with him, he sees things so well, how they open up from, from the trenches perspective, but also coverages and all that. So it's going to go well. I'm really looking forward to Sunday. By the way, I don't know if I think this is the last couple hours. Not that he was going to play anyway, but it's just a reminder that it's going to have an effect one way or the other on the season. I don't know if you saw Kirk Cousins uh, yeah. just tested positive for COVID today. So not that he was going to play Sunday, but it's just a reminder that, hey, that will be part of the 2022 season, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, yeah, I saw that earlier, and I feel like it's like the third or fourth time Kirk Cousins has uh, tested positive for COVID. It's like, man, uh, this thing, he, he can't shake that thing. And so uh, hopefully he's okay. But, yeah, I, I saw that earlier, and so we'll see uh, who Minnesota suits up and who they have out there on the field. On Sunday, again, we're talking with Jason Horowitz, uh, play-by-play voice of the Silver and Black. Him and Lincoln Kennedy do a great job in the booth. They have one under their belt, and they got another one coming up on Sunday. My man, Damon, he's in the home studio. He wants to ask you one. Go ahead, Damon. Yeah, Jason, about that Hall of Fame game, that first touchdown call, what was going through your mind? <laughs> did you already think, hey, I need to have a catchphrase ready for game one, or it's just going to come naturally? Don't screw it up. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was what was no. I don't have you know that. Everyone wants to know what it is, and and it's fair because the Raiders have had such great play-by-play broadcast tools, right? So Bill King, Greg Papa, Brett Musburger, you know, and they, and they each had their thing, and 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 you know, Jackpot Baby, Toledo, and that's it. You know, the crazy thing about Greg Papa, as great as he is, because he is a great yep. uh, radio play-by-play guy. The crazy thing about it is touchdown Raiders, like from a football perspective, it's not like it's out of the ordinary, right? Those are two words you would expect to hear a lot when a game, when a team scores. It's just the way that he said it became so wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I don't know what mine's going to be yet. It's like if, if, if you write it out and pour it, like it's something I'll, I'll workshop and, and, and it'll get there and, and we'll see. We'll play around with some. It's 
season for me too, I guess, right? <laughs> yeah, no, it is. It is. And all this is just continued, uh, you know, uh, more reps, more reps and more reps. And at some point, uh, you know, you'll figure it out. Uh, did you did you do your uh, – because I didn't hear it. Did you do your uh, hello, everybody, or uh, the tribute yes. to your mom? Did yes. You? Yeah, yeah. Hey, folks, how are you? Yeah, yeah right there you go. It'll be there. It'll be there again on Sunday. Nice. Uh, and then hopefully for the next 20 years. Right. So, no, it was there. Um, and it's just the way, honestly, one of the biggest feedbacks I've gotten uh, from, from everything uh, from last Thursday was just how much energy there is and, and, how, and, and, and how nice and welcoming it sounds and, and all of that. And, and, and I really feel that it just kind of gets me into that mode. And, um, you know, I shared that story with you on the podcast about yep. uh, where, where it comes from and, and, and why I do it now. And it was just natural when it happened, but now why I do it. But I, I just, it kind of gets me into that mode. It gets me fired up. It gets me ready to go. And uh, it's just a nice, nice little thing. Yeah, no, it is a nice thing. I think it's awesome, and so uh, I, do, I definitely expect you to keep on doing it, and I know you will, and uh, excited about that. So you've been walking around the facility. You've been in production meetings. You've been talking with coaches and players and, and you know, just kind of getting ready for Sunday. What has been the vibe that you've been receiving from, you know, the guys that you've been meeting with? That they're ready to go. Like, they're, they're trying it out, and that all the things that you guys have been talking about for weeks, you know, they're trying to figure that out, too. Um, the offensive line conversation is not going away. I think the Brandon Parker element to it, however long he's out, um, is, is a fair thing to now bring up a new wrinkle. Um, the added pressure that puts on, whether that's going to be Bayer or whether that's going to be Jermaine Illuminor um, or, or, or somebody else, I guess, uh, that, that's certainly real. Um, I think they're very interested to see what's going to happen with the interior of the defensive line. Because you know, talking to Dave Ziegler today, they had two defensive tackles on the roster that were under contract when they got here, and one of them is no longer here. So the only guy that's here who was under contract on the, on the defensive tackle spot when they got here was, was Kendall Vickers. <laughs> right. And so that's a totally revamped group. And, you know, you haven't seen Bilal Nichols. He's been on Pup since camp started. You haven't seen Jonathan Hankins, who got re-signed. He, he's been on – so and, and those guys aren't there tomorrow or uh, Sunday either. So – that's a, that's a big unknown. Which one of you know? Which of those guys is going to stop the run? Right. It's, a, it's a fair question, and that's a big unknown. There have been, and, 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 and there's no way to know the severity of all these because they're not real, and they're not giving me this stuff information either, or Beth Mullins, Matt Mellon, Rich Cannon either. Right. But there have been a lot of dudes who've missed a lot of time in camp over the last seven, eight, nine days, um, and and there's no way to know are some of those more serious than others. Um, are they going to go into this season? Are, are they going to be there for week one at the chart? There's no way to know that. But there's been a lot of guys from the starting 22 who have missed a lot of time the last 10 days. Yeah, no, there is. There is. That list keeps getting longer and longer, and that's the reality of training camp. I mean, it just is. Everyone knows that injuries happen and guys are going to miss time. It's all about hoping that they don't miss a whole lot of time. Again, we got Jason Horowitz on the phone lines right now here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. You mentioned talking to GM Dave Ziegler, and I've only had a couple minutes to be able to talk to him uh, at practice in a practice setting, but from, from your point of view, what is his energy like? Because he seems like, to awesome. me, again, only talked to him for a couple minutes, seems like a guy with plenty of energy. He's awesome. I, I, I and, 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 you know, look, especially in today's world and day and age, and, 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 and you know, we grew up and be like, oh, I want to be that athlete or that athlete or that coach or whatever. And, like, we, we get to know these guys, these men and women in different spots of that realm. And 
Um, you, you think you know people and you don't. So I want to categorize it as that. that just, like, I don't know him that well. Right. But in my three interactions with Dave Ziegler, including today, I have enjoyed every single one of them. And I respect what he was talking about today. You know, he, I think this has been written about, but um, he didn't get into football until he was 31 or 32 years old. Mm. He was a, a high school guidance counselor, I believe is what he said, <laughs> in, uh, in Arizona in the Tempe area, and a, and a social studies teacher. <laughs> And he was talking about how those experiences and those uh, formative years and his 20s really helped him as a football guy. And he asked the question, was, well, why? And he talked about the communication aspect of it. You know, when you're a guidance counselor, when you're in school, when you're a teacher, you are on from the minute that you walk into that building because you're getting a new class every 45 minutes. And so you have to be on right from the beginning, and the communication has to be top-notch. And and he talked about how important that was in his development and all of that. And I really think that's really interesting because we, you know, we, we, Mick Lombardi, young guy, right? But he grew up around football. Right. With his dad and all that stuff. Certainly around the Raiders. And, and, and he's a different energy. But, man, Dave, Dave Ziegler and the communication that he and Josh Daniels have, and going all the way back to when they played at Josh, uh, John Carroll, I really think that that's going to pay dividends. Uh, they know what they're looking for. They have specific vision for each position. And I don't just mean like wide receiver, tailback, uh, running back, tight end. I mean like different vision for third wide receiver, fourth wide receiver, fifth wide receiver, and exactly the characteristics we're looking for each one. Um, I think that's really interesting. Yeah, no, it is. I mean, and he's he's an interesting guy. And, and you know, we were talking earlier this week about him, and uh, I forget who we were talking to, but they were saying he uh, he had mentioned to him that he's not afraid to get fired, right? I mean, that's the thing. He wants to he wants to do everything and do it right, and he wants to obviously build up the team and have it at the highest level and continue to be great for a long time. But he's also not afraid of like, well, if I if this isn't right, then okay, I'm going to get fired. Like he's just ready to just to go all the way in, like he's all in on this. And so I think that that helps him as well. Yeah. And I think there's that perspective that he has with Josh, right? Like, yep. you know, he and Josh McDaniels have known each other now. My math is probably off on this, but say 26, 27 years. And it, so certainly it's somewhere in that neighborhood. And he knows what Josh McDaniels did and didn't do well in Denver. And, and, and kind of how that all unfolded. And I think Josh has that perspective himself about what he's doing differently. Because he has been fired right. from, from this spot as a head coach. And, and, and he is more willing to let others do what they've been put in place to do because you have to trust the people around you. And maybe it's the right person for you, not the right person for someone else's staff, but you have to trust that you hired the person that you brought in to do that job. And, 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 you know, that kind of goes in many businesses. When you hire someone to do a job, you need to trust them to do what they're doing uh, and, and not overlook, look, uh, look over their shoulders all the time. But I, I think that their relationship, coming together and knowing what they want from each other, allows them to feel that way. Uh, from the football perspective, the coaching perspective, and from Dave's perspective, from, from the scouting and development perspective. And it feels like a winning combination. Time will tell what happens if it goes 6 and 11 instead of 11 and 6. Right. Again, time will tell, but going into it, it feels, it feels like it's a really good winning uh, combo. Talking right now to the voice of the silver and black. That's Jason Horowitz right now on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. My man Demond's got another one for you. Yeah, Jason, what's the hardest last name you've ever seen? <laughs> and what's the key to perfecting those oh, hard-to-pronounce names? So, well, 
<laughs> practice <laughs> and practice out loud um, is A, uh, the hardest name I've ever had. I can't tell you the hardest name specifically. Um, I do know that I called a Utah-San Jose State game once, and, you know, this isn't going to come as a shock, but, you know, on the Utah roster, uh, Kyle Whittingham's Utah, Utah youth, um, there are a lot of Samoan names, uh, you know, a Tua Tungavailoa-type name. And you just, when, when seven of the starting 11 defensive players are in that realm, you get a little bit more nervous. Uh, heading into a game just because you don't want to trip it up. And you know, the funny part is, like, it doesn't even have to be. Heck, our our, our guy Eddie Pascal, right of the of the Raiders podcast. He and I were talking about this. His name isn't overly difficult, but you can look at it as Eddie Pascal, Eddie Pascal. Yeah. Uh, you know what? And, and and a lot of people, a lot of players, both from a college and an NFL perspective, you know, they don't correct you. And my big thing is always been why. It's your name. <laughs> like, if someone calls me Jason, I might say it's actually Jason. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And not because it's a rude way or not, but just like, hey, this is, this is, your name is always so important to so many people. And so, I mean, that's our job. We got to get it right. Um, but uh, I don't know what the hardest name is. I would say this, the hardest, you know, there's a lot of players from a high school realm to a college realm especially in the recruiting uh, nature. And I'm not a big guy in my country recruiting, and I don't cover it and things like that. But there are no pronunciation guides when the kids come out of high school and they go to college. Right. And so when people want to talk about that, you're like, I don't know what it, I don't know how to say is that thing. And I'm sorry. I don't know. And I have no idea. I'll tell you. I'll tell you. I'll tell you. I'm sorry, Demond, but I'll tell you. When I was doing PA for Baylor, I was doing Baylor softball PA, and there would be some names that would come through there that I had to say, and there was no pronunciation guide. There was no SID there to tell me how to say it. You know who would tell me how to say the name? The parents. When I got it wrong, the parents would come and yell at the window. You're saying the name wrong. I was like, well, why did you say that in inning one instead of inning seven when I've said it three times already? Oh, man, there's nothing worse, Jason, as I'm sure you know, than getting a kid's name wrong because the parents will always be the angriest. And the craziest thing is so often it's actually the first name. Like, yep. uh, like a, uh, uh, there was a women's basketball game once where uh, I believe the, the woman was Cherie, but it was spelled like Sherry, and it wasn't listed in the pronunciation guide. Well, you know, Cherie mm-hmm. and Sherry are very different. Right. Let's, let's, let's make sure we get that right next time. Yeah, man, I'll tell you, I that was a struggle. It really was a struggle, and man, so many, uh, so many people were mad at me because I got their name wrong. One, one young lady, I forget, I still forget to this day what her name was, but basically, I said something like lamb because i mean it looked like lamb something so i said that and so her teammates laughed at her every time that i said it and then they started doing like bah every time and that became her nickname <laughs> so i gave her a new nickname <laughs> for you me it's got to crazy to me you know what's something that's crazy to me all the time to you and this gets back to demand sentence is that so uh this is a college basketball powerhouse that has been for 25 years it gets zaga and yet, yeah. on the front page of their game notes, they still put it out there. And, hey, we're the Zag, not the Zogs, because the amount of people who call them Gonzaga oh, uh, yeah. is, is just enormous. Yeah. And, and, so, like, and you know it, too, at some point. Um, and you just stop, you know, people just do it on purpose at one point or another. So, uh, 
Yeah, all been there. We've all been there. <laughs> oh, my story for being there uh, in my in my limited play-by-play days back in college. The UNLV women's basketball coach, Kathy Olivier, I said Oliver. She found me the next day. <laughs> The next day in the gym and was giving me, like, a tongue lashing. And I was very scared because, Jason, you don't know this, I'm very short and she's very tall. So she was towering <laughs> over me, telling me that I got her name wrong. And you never did it again, right? No, no that's again. true. In fact, you, in fact, you never you decided you weren't going to do play-by-play ever again either. So they were <laughs> right, he tapped out. out. Exactly right. He tapped out. Well, Jason, I mean, it's always it's always great to catch up with you, man. What uh, what are your expectations for Sunday at Allegiant Stadium when you uh, you're officially in Raider Nation uh, when you're in the booth on Sunday? For the game or for just the atmosphere? Just the atmosphere. Just being there and just seeing all the Raider fans and and just hearing all the cheering yeah. and everything. Just the environment. Yeah, I mean, I I've never been inside. Uh, I'm gonna check it out tomorrow before before Sunday, just to kind of take it in because I'd like to get that feeling before Sunday. But uh, you know, from everything I understand, it's gonna be an awesome crowd, which you don't get everywhere for a preseason game. So that's right. a um, the torch. You know, I, I think that's really a cool thing that they've that, that they've done here. Ever since Mr. Davis passed away, mm-hmm. you know, putting the torch in and then bringing it from Oakland. And I know they, they took it last week to Canton as well, but seeing it in because it's on the concourse and it's a big thing, and they have different people light the torch. I think that's kind of cool yeah. that they put that now into the game day environment. And I'm looking forward to seeing that and um, the whole thing. And then and then you know we'll we'll, we'll do the one against the Patriots and then. We'll all be hanging out watching Nelly before we open up with the Cardinals in the game in the opener, right? There you go. There you go. I like it. I like it, man. Sounds good to me. I will say this. The torch, that's where the parties go down. So, uh, yeah, uh, definitely make sure you, you look over there. I know you can't get your party on because you're working, but just look over well, there. And, well, what it, kind of party? What kind of party? Like, the, like we're actually, like, people are consuming a nice beverage or, like, hey, let's do the Macarena? Uh, there's a, a little bit of everything, I think. <laughs> a little bit of everything. It is a big time, fun environment. That's where we do the pregame show from. Is the torch? I mean, there's a lot of good stuff, and everyone just kind of goes and gathers. So when you get a chance, just look over that way and just see how many people are hanging out by the torch, taking pictures, doing whatever they do. It's a lot of fun. Plus I, a good view. I will come. <laughs> I will come visit you over there uh, before I head up to the booth. There you go. Well, Jason, thank you so much for your time, my man. I appreciate it. It was great meeting you in person, and I look forward to seeing you on Sunday. All right, Keith. Be good. See you tomorrow. All right, there he goes. Jason Horowitz right there, the voice of the silver and black. will have his first experience calling a game in Allegiant Stadium on Sunday, but he's going to go give it a test run, check it out tomorrow so he can uh, soak it in and then go there for uh, for the actual game on Sunday. But good dude right there. It was great uh, catching up with him today at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. Definitely appreciate his time this afternoon. And again, I want to throw out that question to you. I want to put it back out there in the universe. As Jason asked me, when was the last time the Raiders had this much buzz and hype heading into the season? Let me know about it. And also, just what's the feel of the overall direction of this team? Do you feel like they are going in the right direction? Obviously, it's only August 12th. Still got to see some wins uh, you know, put up there, and, and you want to see the team make a deep uh, dive into the playoffs. But as of right now, August 12th, how are you feeling about the direction of the team? 69187, keyword R&R, 702-365-9200. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. I just go into the mindset that my job can be taken at any minute, and I feel like that's uh, the mindset a lot of these people take. Um, it's we, I can be cut in any minute, and that's 
you know, I feel like that's what what makes us better is the competition. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. Center Andre James right there talking about the competition in the offensive line room, the mentality he has. Hey, my job can be taken at any time. I think that's the right mentality to have because it can. I mean, it's the reality of it. It can be. You know, someone could outwork you and and get your spot. And that's what the preseason's for. That's what training camp is for, is uh, for everybody to duke it out, battle it out for uh, roster spots as they got to trim this thing down to 53 men. And on Tuesday, on the 16th, they'll actually trim it down from 90 to 85. So the first round of cuts will come up. On Tuesday, the 23rd, it'll get down to 80. And then the 30th, it'll get down to 53. So don't think that Andre James is going anywhere, but you also don't want to get comfortable. And that's basically what he was saying. There's no way to say, hey, this is my job. I'm not, I'm not worried about anything because there's a young dude behind him and there's young dudes behind all these guys that are trying to, uh, to take their spot. So uh, there you go, Andre James from earlier today. Uh, the mailman Raider hit us up and the Salmon Ash text sign at 69187, keyword R&R. He says, I say my hopes are a bit higher from the last time you asked this, but I'm still kind of in that I'll believe it when I see it mode. I still think it'll take a few weeks into the season to fully grasp all the schemes. Will that be too late in the division? We'll see. I do think we take a step back on special teams because I don't like the special teams coach. I hope I'm wrong and we take off straight out of the gate, but I'm on wait and see mode. So that's from the Mailman Raider. Again, that's talking about the direction, the overall direction of the team. Uh, again, this is August 12th. I think I asked this question about a month ago just to see where everybody was. And, yeah, special teams, I think that's a good question. You know, and we saw we saw the, the punt return for a touchdown from the Jaguars last week. They got called back. But, you know, the special teams unit has been a question that many people have called in and asked and said, hey, you know, how is special teams going to be? Because you're going from one of the best special team coaches in the NFL, in Rich Bisaccia, to, you know, Tom McMahon, who's had success, and then he's also had struggles. So, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, that's, it's a very valid question. I think it's a fair question. And taking a wait-and-see approach is okay as well. You know, I mean, I know a lot of Raider Nation has been pumped up before, fired up before about something, and then it just didn't shake out the way that they expected it to. So I've kind of had that, you know, I've been burned too many times and don't want to get too excited until it it actually really happens. And the point that you brought up about the beginning of the schedule, I mean, that's really important. I mean, the Raiders play every one of the AFC West opponents in the first five weeks. You know, and then they have a bye, uh, but they they still, they play – all three teams, they play the Chiefs, they play the Broncos, they play the Chargers. So uh, if things don't get out of the gates very good, if they struggle out of the gates, I mean, they could be, you know, all of a sudden looking up saying, hey, what's going on with the division as teams start to pull away, even in the first, you know, first four, first five weeks of the regular season. So that's a good point you bring up. Again, that's the Mailman Raider at Sam, uh, Sam and Ash text line at 69187, keyword r Raider Sean says, I believe discipline alone can help us win more games. Curious to see how this new regime helps us with our penalty issues. Well, I know it's only a small sample size, but the penalty issues that the Raiders have did not look like they were there in uh, the preseason game, the Hall of Fame game. It really didn't. Now, I know later on in the game, towards the end, I know that they you know, all of a sudden started popping up again penalties. But you know, for the first two, two quarters, first three quarters, they really played a pretty penalty-free game. You know, I thought that was pretty impressive, but uh, that's something that's going to be key. They have to cut back on the penalties. And I know someone's going to call in and say, yeah, but the officials, this, that. I, I get it. I get it. But if you know that, it's just like in baseball. As I'm watching the Little League World Series right now, Utah's up 5-2 to two in the bottom of the fourth over Nevada. Um, it's just like baseball. If 
uh, an umpire is calling a certain strike zone, and even if it's not really a real strike zone, well, you have to adjust and say, okay, I can't do this, or I have to swing at this because that's going to be a called strike. Well, it's just like that in, in football. If they're being real tic-tac when it comes to like a pass interference penalty, then you have to know as a player, I can't do that. I have to adjust. Or if they're calling a stupid taunting penalty, like we saw in preseason game last night, uh, where a guy waved his hands, basically saying incomplete, and he got a taunting penalty. If you see that, as dumb as that is, and that's not really a taunting penalty, you can't just do it because they're, they're going to continue to throw that flag. And if they do, you're going to end up hurting your team. You know, I remember Darren Waller got flagged last year for spiking the ball, and that was a dumb penalty. But it was something that they called. You know, and actually I remember in that game he did it again later, and I was like, man, he's about to get kicked out the game. I was glad that that didn't happen. But you've just got to be able to adjust once you see how officials are calling something. And then, of course, you know, you want to you stay, you know, you, you stay away from the, the self-inflicted wounds, you know, the offsides, the false starts, you know, the – just the, 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 the mental the mental mistakes. You gotta stay away from those as well. But the 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 penalty situation, that's definitely something that needs to be addressed and I, and and just from being at practice I can tell you that uh, Coach McDaniels and the rest of the regime are very as a matter of fact when it comes to uh, you know, attention to detail and dotting the I's and crossing the T's and that's part of it. The penalties that is definitely part of it so uh, that's that's uh, the text that we got if you want to hit us up you can at 69187 keyword R&R uh, let us know about the last time that the Raiders had this much hype like they do right now and as much uh, excitement around the team surrounding the team as they do right now and also about uh, the regime and the and the, the front office and the organization and the direction that it's going how how do you feel about the direction that the organization is going now Earlier uh, today, we talked to head coach Josh McDaniels. He met with us before practice. So I wanted to bring you a couple sound bites, just let you hear from what the head coach had to say uh, when he met with us about 9.30 this morning. And the first one we have to ask off top is about uh, the injuries, especially when it comes to Darren Waller, Brandon Parker. Here's Josh McDaniels giving us an update on those guys. Yeah, no, both guys um, working back, you know what I mean? So, um, you know, we have a lot of guys, I would say, are in that boat, you know, right now. I mean, it's... It's our third, third real week of training camp, you know, in terms of practices. I think this is practice 15, if, it, if I'm not mistaken, somewhere in that vicinity. So a lot of guys that are, you know, bumps, bruises, um, you know, and they're all just working extremely hard to try to get back as soon as possible. And when they're ready to go, then, you know, we're going to put them out there and, you know, try to continue to build. So that's on Waller, Parker, and then you see he lumped in the other guys that haven't been out there as well. The list is getting a little bit longer and longer of guys who are injured and banged up. But, of course, everyone wants to know about Darren Waller. Is it injury-related? Is it he's uh, going through some contract situations? Everyone wants to know. So to Sean Reed, he followed up and said, hey, just want to make sure that there's no speculation out there about what's going on. Uh, Darren Waller is coming back. It's, it's an injury thing, right? It's nothing else, and this is what Josh McDaniels had to say. For clarity, uh, <coughs> some speculation about Waller is an injury-related thing, is what you're saying. He's, yeah, he's working to get back. So, right, very short, but you could tell he said, yeah, 
had a big smile on his face, and he said he's working to come back. So, you know, there's been a lot of conversation. We've had it here on the show as well. Is it contract? Is it injury? Is it both? Right there, it sounds like to me that it's definitely injury, but there's also, you know, the conversation with the contract is going on as well. And, you know, Darren has said the all the right things when it comes to the contract. You know, hey, my agents and the team are working on it, which is exactly the right way to go about it. But I thought it was funny when Tashawn asked him that question, and he just said, yeah, and then smiled. He's working to get back. Uh, another soundbite that I wanted you to hear from Josh McDaniels from this morning was about guys who are playing in the preseason. We saw Josh Jacobs uh, start in the Hall of Fame game, and, of course, that made a big to-do from a whole lot of different folks. So he was asked, how does he choose who plays in the preseason? Yeah, I think there's, you know, I, I think each situation is different. Um, you know, there's, there's definitely a, com- a competition uh, p- portion of this that's involved. Uh, in each decision that we're going to have to make. Um, you know, you have so many opportunities to let them compete and earn their role, um, which I think is the right thing to do. And then there's other times, there's other reasons for, uh, you know, you, you do things in a preseason game um, to either evaluate something schematically or there's a communication aspect to it, you know, from the players with the green dot. There's coach to quarterback. Um, there's different combinations of people that we'd like to see play together. Um, so, you know, it's not just one thing, one size fits all. So there's a lot of different reasons uh, for doing a lot of things, um, you know, and whether you want to d- decide to rush punts or not rush punts or cover kickoffs or try to kick touchbacks or, you know, there's a lot of different things that go on. And I would say there's even a lot of things that go on during the course of the game um, that could make us make a decision that we would otherwise not do. So. Um, we're trying to use each opportunity that we have, whether it's a practice or a game, um, you know, in the month of August to the best of our ability to help us, you know, get to ultimately what we need to get to, which is the, the best evaluation of our team. And then try to make those decisions at the end here when, when, when we're, when we're asked to do so. So Josh McDaniels talking about, you know, who, who plays in the preseason, how do they choose who plays in the preseason? And, you know, I think that that makes so much sense. Right, I mean, that's, he's just talking basically about situational, being you know, situational football, and certain situations require certain other things, right? And okay, well, this is the scenario that we want to attack here, and this is why we're going to do this. So you know, when fans we watch we watch the games and we just talk about wins and losses, and all oh, that guy played really well, that guy didn't play really well, whatever the case may be. But they're also going through so many different scenarios in their mind, and they have things mapped out and. You know, going back to the question about the direction of the team, that's why I feel like this team is heading in the right direction uh, as an organization, really, because there is so much, uh, like, planning out. And, it, and, and I feel like I can see the plan. You can almost see how everything is being put together. You know, a couple months ago we were talking about we have no idea what the plan is because we haven't seen it yet. Well, we're starting to see so much. You know, obviously we saw starting with the draft when they went and got, you know, a couple offensive linemen, got a couple running backs. I mean, they, you know, you, you, and a couple defensive linemen. I mean, you just were able to see, you're starting to see it all come together. And when you hear an answer like that, when he's talking about we want to see how these guys, certain, certain guys play together, uh, if we're going to kick the ball in the end zone, we're going to kick it short, there's reasons behind everything. It's not just, you know, throwing a dart at a board and hoping it sticks. It's just that's, that's the good thing. That's, that's what I think is, is uh, so impressive about this this staff and this regime is that there is a reason for everything and there's attention to detail uh, on every single thing. Last week, 
I was even impressed when he was talking about, you know, we, we uh, simulated uh, uh, what game day would be like, and, and that's what they're going to do on Sunday and how long it takes to drive to the stadium and, you know, what time they have to leave the house. And, I mean, just everything, just down to the, to the everything, like every fine little detail that they have it mapped out because they just they want to make it as game-like as possible and get that experience and just get it, again, under their belt. Uh, obviously, the offensive line is something that we've been talking about a lot, and we know that Brandon Parker is going to be out, right? We, we don't know how long he's going to be out, but we know he's out for sure. So it looks like there's an opportunity for other offensive linemen to step up. So here's Josh McDaniels talking about offensive line opportunity for Sunday. Yeah, I think we're, you know, you'll see a few different people over there. Um, you know, we did that, some of that against Jacksonville. We'll do some more of that against Minnesota. So, um, you know, it's an important opportunity. Um, you know, it's kind of like, the backup quarterback, nobody talks about him until he's the most important person in your organization. And so, you know, the, the same thing is true for the left tackle or a guy that would swing on either side. You know, once you have an injury, now all of a sudden that position becomes really important. And it's not easy, you know, it's not easy. And, and so to have the ability to do that, and we flop some guys during training camp uh, to give them opportunities to work at that, um, it's something that takes a lot of reps. Uh, it's something that, you know, you're getting calls on the right side that you're not getting on the left side, you know, and so you got to be able to think, you know, very quickly on both sides. Um, so we're going to gain more knowledge on that for sure on Sunday. So there's Joshua Daniels talking about offensive line opportunity, and this is it, man. Everyone's got opportunities to to show their worth, right? And uh, these offensive linemen, the Jermaine Illuminors, the you know the Thayer Mumfords, uh, obviously Lester Cotton, he's been doing really well. He's got to continue to to build on that. John Simpson, I mean, all these guys have opportunities. Alex Leatherwood, hell, I mean, we all think that he's going to be the starting right tackle, but he's got to continue to build on it. Going back to the conversation we had with Paul Gutierrez in the first hour, uh, in, in his article about the offensive line, Lincoln Kennedy said. You know, uh, one of the biggest X factors is going to be the confidence level of Alex Leatherwood. And I've seen Alex Leatherwood's confidence level very high. I've also seen it very low in a matter of a couple days, right? So you, you want him to be playing at a high level and performing at a high level so he keep that confidence up, right? I mean, that's just, that's just what it's all about. So here's Josh McDaniels on Thayer Mumford, a guy that, you know, I'm pretty impressed with just from the conversations that we had yesterday in the media session, uh, and I feel like he's gotten opportunity. He's been getting some nice burn, and with Brandon Parker out, he's obviously going to get more attention. But here's Josh McDaniels talking about Thayer Mumford. Yeah, Thayer's really put his head down and just worked every day. Um, he, he's, he's gained confidence as we've moved along, um, which, is, which is typical for young players if they put in the time and effort. Um, <clears throat> you know, he's, he's played against some good competition, you know, I mean, he, he, he's handled some good edge rushers. He's competed in a really good league. He's played a lot, a lot of good football over his career at Ohio state. And so, um, he's learning how to apply what he's done and now what he's learning, you know, at our level, uh, at our league and, you know, like all rookies has a long way to go, but really like his approach, uh, works hard each day to try to get better at something. Uh, and he's definitely made progress because of what he's done. Josh McDaniels talking about Thayer Mumford right there and just what the progress he's made from being a guy in OTAs that didn't even know if he belonged on the team to a guy who's got an opportunity now to show that he not only belongs but, you know, should be in consideration to even get a start, right? I mean, you just don't have any idea who's going to end up being that that uh, that front line, the – 
the five starters along that offensive line. I got a couple more sound bites from head coach Josh McDaniels that I want you to hear, but we'll take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll close out hour number two. You'll hear Josh McDaniels talk about Thayer Mumford a little bit more, and then also on the back end, you'll hear him talk about Jerron Harmon. We'll do that next here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. Great text right here from the mailman Raider. Salmon Ash text line 69187 keyword R&R. Q, I don't remember the last time we talked this much about a seventh rounder. Maybe TJ Carey if he was a seventh rounder. Starting to really push for this kid. And yeah, that's the thing. That's what that's the cool thing about training camp and preseason, right? You start to get to know these guys, and this is why I'm so blessed to be able to be here and be at practice every single day because I can sit in Texas and monitor, like many people do, monitor you know, the press conferences, monitor this, monitor that, talk about it. But until you're able to be up close and personal and really get to know the story and the backstory of these guys, it's, it's hard to tell the complete story, right? So uh, I'm just so so blessed and honored to be able to be here and be able to – get these stories and bring them and deliver them to you. And me and DeMond could talk about them or, you know, Clay and Heidi and Vinny could talk about them or JT could talk about them and have it here on this radio station because not only are you getting to know the player, not only are you getting to know the team, but you're also getting to know the, the backstory and, like, the person behind it. And so I think that that's really important. And so, yeah, with Thayer Mumford, I had no idea about a lot of the stuff that was going on with him until yesterday, until he talked to us about it. And it was like, oh, wow. That's really going on. And so, and then you get to talk to other players about, oh, hey, what do you see from Thayer Mumford? Or talk to coaches. And then coaches start talking about. So, you know, now that we have the knowledge of, you know, what's going on with this guy or what went on with this guy, it's, it's almost like I feel like we know him a lot better. And, okay, I can see what's going on. And like you said, Mailman Raider, you, can, you could root for him. You know, and another example is Lester Cotton, right? Lester Cotton is a guy that's been cut, signed, cut, signed, cut, waved, you know, all that multiple times. And then he comes out the other day and says, yeah, I had to do this, that, and the other to get back to where I'm at right now. You know, and so it's just, it's like you start to see other sides of people uh, besides just what you see on the field. And that's, that's really a, a blessing. Uh, getting back to what Joshua Daniels had to say earlier this morning, uh, he was talking about Thayer Munford. You heard that before we took a break. Uh, but the, the issue that was going on with Thayer Munford was, to his his words that you know he was going through some you know mental health issues he had uh, anxiety he felt like he didn't he didn't really belong and didn't even know if he belonged on the team that was as early as OTAs which wasn't that long ago right we're just a couple months removed from OTAs and mandatory mini camp and now we're in training camp and you know about to go into preseason game number two but uh, here's here's uh, Josh McDaniels talking about Thayer Mumford and other players that are uh, you know talking about mental health. Yeah, we, 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 I mean, we certainly have that in-house every day uh, for them. Gene does a tremendous job of that. Uh, Montel uh, and his crew do the same thing. And, um, you know, it's a very important part of just, you know, our interpersonal interaction with these guys is making sure that, you know, look, there's a lot of things going on in all of our lives outside of what happens inside this building. And so uh, just making sure that guys uh, are equipped with what they need if they need something from us. Uh, and also having an understanding of the fact that, you know, everybody's day-to-day is not the same. You know, uh, we all deal with different things. We're all different human beings. And, um, you know, and, and they do a tremendous job of being available uh, when our players need them or any of our staff for that matter. Um, and we, we, we absolutely push that if that's necessary. If that's something that we feel like could help somebody, then they, they absolutely seek it out, and as they should. 
uh, and then we get them the, the, the time that they need. There's Josh McDaniels right there talking about the mental health side of things. And, you know, I never knew the counselor's name for the Raiders is Gene until Thayer Mumford told us, right? I mean, I never had any idea. Now we know him on a first-name basis. Talking about Gene. What's up, Gene? I mean, you know, it's like that's, again, telling the story. Telling the story that we didn't know. I thought you were about to say something, Mom. My bad. <laughs> you had that look like you were about to say something. No, I was like, just, when he mentioned Gene and you said yeah. it after, I just pointed at you like, yeah, you're right. Got you, got I you. I did not know who Gene was before this week. Right, absolutely. If he would have just said, yeah, we talked to Gene, Gene, Han- Gene who? Right, But now right. we know. Exactly, no doubt. So the final soundbite that I want you to hear is Josh McDaniels talking about Jerron Harmon. Jerron Harmon is a guy that I think is going to play a major role on, on this Raiders team uh, for leadership skills, knowing what it's supposed to look like as far as the, you know, the defense and, and, and the scheme you know, and where guys are supposed to be and help get guys lined up. Uh, also, he creates turnovers, and I think that's something that is major for this, or this team to start doing is creating some turnovers, something that they just don't do very often. So uh, here's Josh McDaniels talking about Jerron Harmon, the safety, his leadership on the team. He's been a special guy for a while. Uh, when he came in you know, to the league, uh, he was really a mature human being and approached it the right way. He, he, he gravitated right away to the guys that he could learn from. Um, and I think one of the great parts about Jerron is He's very, very willing to share with anybody uh, that he can, and he'll help someone else, um, you know, learn the things that he's already learned. And that's, you know, he adds another level of value to himself, you know, because not only doing the right things, taking care of his body, getting himself mentally and physically ready to go every day, but he's also willing to help the young safeties on our roster, the young corners, anybody on defense. Um, you know, just understand what it is we're trying to do and then also balance the other things that go on, you know, for a professional football player. It's not just all about X's and O's. There's other things too. So uh, great influence on our locker room as a human being. Um, he's just a great person, great leader, uh, selfless, and, uh, you know, he's, he's obviously a good football player. And there you go. And I'll tell you, not today, but yesterday when we were outside and we were on the defensive side of things, uh, got to see Jerron Harmon doing some of that coaching up close to personal, right? I mean, when he was standing on the sideline, he was in Trayvon Merrick's ear. He was in Jonathan Abrams' ear. He was in someone else's ear. You know, it's just like uh, he was in these guys' ears telling them exactly what they need to do. And, okay, hey, on this rep, this is what we're going to do. It's one thing when the coaches tell you something. It's another thing when the players – could tell you something and be that coach on the field as well the veterans and I do think the one thing I really like about this team I think there's a lot of things I like but what I really like is I feel like there's a good blend of veterans and young dudes right I mean and and you could put a guy like like Max Crosby you could say he's a veteran young dude right because he's still young in the game he's already on his second contract but at the same time he's still a young guy but he's he's a veteran knows you know been there done that but guys and veterans in different position groups that are going that are playing alongside young dudes you know just like having Max Crosby and Chandler Jones and then having a Matthew Butler and a Neil Farrell Jr. in the middle right I mean that's 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 the thing or or Kyle Pico who we talked to today having Kyle Pico out there playing next to uh you know Neil Farrell Jr. and Matthew Butler and kind of telling them what, it, what it's supposed to look like. He's been a guy that's been around the league for long enough, so he knows what it's supposed to look like, knows how to play his role, right? And so I think that that helps having those veteran presence in the different position groups along with 
the young guys. 3.56 is the time. We'll come back, kick off hour number three of the show. Vinny Bonsignor, he'll go in the huddle with us, and we'll do it next here on Radio Nation Radio 920.